When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is what we call a three technique. This is what we call a three technique. On the ride with Royce. Now, they get to win that one time. Back! Oh, what a Give me the hot sauce. 8 0 run by the Bulls. It's been a game of runs and done. Ties the game at 107. Done. Spinning, twisting, falling, final score. Oh, he's done it again. Chris Dunn. Now, Dunn going to work. Dunn with a step back jumper. Future's down, Neil. Oh, the future's down. Chris Dunn. Dunn. The uh, analyst. Uh, Stacy King. Stacy King. The future is now. Yeah. Chris Dunn. Uh, the Chicago Bulls were three and twenty. They have now won six in a row. One of the big reasons is point guard Chris Dunn. Uh, last night he goes nine for fourteen, uh, two for two on threes. Four rebounds, six assists. Uh, he did have five turnovers. 22 points. The last five games, he has scored 17, 12, 13, 17, 22. Uh, he is leading a surge by the Chicago Bulls that we never saw coming. Of course, the fifth overall choice by the uh, Timberwolves last year and uh, never really showed the ability to shoot the ball last year. And they traded him. Uh, you know that as recently as uh, the uh, a month ago, they were losing games by 30 points and mm -hmm. terrible. And now the other part of the Bulls' hot streak is Portis and the guy he punched, Miritich, are like <laughs> both ripping it up. Right? Yeah. Are they bonding now? Are they yeah, hanging out? Are they going out together? Miritich has been their best player for like three, four games in a row. Yeah. And uh, Chris Dunn has been terrific. Chris Dunn explaining his new success. Uh, what is the uh, secret of success for a point guard? Sure. Changing speed. If you don't change your speed, you're easy to guard. You have to change your speed. Change your tempo. Uh, well, uh, you know. We He's going like to be really good. You, th you think so? I don't. I don't know if he'll he's make a lot of all-star teams, but, but he's he's big. He's he plays defense. He was one of the few guys on the Wolves last year that was mm -hmm. playing defense. Um, he, I think he's going to be pretty good. I don't know if he'll make a lot of all-star teams, but I think he's going to be really good. And they got Tim Levine hasn't played yet, and uh, that Laurie Mark Markinen, the uh, Finnish kid that they got with the seventh pick they got from the Timberwolves. Uh, was playing until uh, Miritich came back. So, uh, yeah. so is the anyway. mayor going to last? Is he going to survive? Who? Who? Hoiberg. Oh. Hoiberg. Yeah. Well, like well they yeah. they play They're hard for him. They win some games. They'll be all right now. I think there was a lot of 
oh, he's just trying to be a head coach again. So he's just taking any job. And it was not that at all. You know, I'm not naive that the next job that I take as a head coach, if I don't win, the storyline for my career probably is, oh, he's a good offensive coordinator and won a bunch of championships, scored a bunch of points, but he's not a good head coach. And that's probably your last shot. So when I looked at this job after meeting with them, they had a plan. They had a plan to give us what we needed to build a championship program, and that's what we've done. Uh, Lane Kiffin, today, this comes out on the day that they are playing in the uh, the Florida Atlantic is playing in the Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. Absolutely. At home, so they're playing at home. Are they having a parade uh, for that one? I, I, the Cherubundi Tart Cherry. <laughs> they throw out Cherubundi yeah. Tart Cherry. There you go. The, There's one for to you. To the youth. I'm sure it's fine. Has signed a 10-year, a new 10-year contract to coach Florida Atlantic. They are 10-3. and three. They're facing Akron. They've won nine in a row. Uh, and uh, there's some skepticism as to whether Lane will fulfill this contract. And I think rightfully so. But the uh, university president, uh, John Kelly, uh, said, I've told Lane that when I met with him, I thought we could be a top 25 program, and we need a coach who can do that. He's on the verge of doing that. We're obviously looking toward keeping Lane long term. Well, uh, what the heck? It's the second longest winning streak you, in the country behind uh, Central Florida. I was just going to say you can I, that that program can be a top twenty-five. Look at Central okay. Florida, but they don't play enough. The, the trouble is they play. You know, they're not Conference USA. They're that what the Sun Belt, right? Okay, so I thought they were Conference USA. No, they're not. I don't. They're think. in the Sun Belt. Yeah, I th- yeah, they're playing in huh. the Sun Belt. So they're playing a level low. But I mean, you're, yeah, you're never going to be in the top five and play for a national title, but you could be a top 25 Here's program. Here's the thing there. about Lane Giffen. He is tied for second. There are seven FBS teams in Florida. Okay. He's tied for second in seniority. Mark Richt. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mark Richt has been at Miami since 2016. <laughs> Lane Giffen has been at Florida Atlantic. Butch Davis has been at Florida International, and Charlie Strong has been at South Florida since 2017. <laughs> Dan Mullen has been at Florida. Josh Heupel has been at Central Florida, and Willie Taggart has been at Florida State about two weeks. <laughs> so uh, he, he's, uh, you know, he's got the he's got those deeper roots in Florida than the rest <laughs> of these guys, right? So. Uh, Anyway, Lane Kiffin signs a 10-year deal. That'll be interesting. Crawford, a deep three, and he drills it. That was from about 28 feet out. Crawford over Shabazz Napier. Nothing but net. He's in his zone. Crawford got fouled as he put it up. Chance to make it a one-point game. Well, uh, Jamal Crawford had uh, complained uh, about a week ago, a little less than a week ago, that he wasn't getting enough minutes. Well, he got in the floor last night, started making shots, and ended up scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter uh, to give the, uh, to, to, along with Jimmy Butler, uh, to give the Timberwolves a 108 107 win over a good Portland team. He ended up with 23 and only made one three. He only made one three. Now, he'd, he'd said about the, the 17 minutes, uh, he was complaining about only playing 17 minutes, but his minutes hadn't been bad. Uh, 20, 17, 20, 20, 17, 18, 18, 18. Uh, that's, I think, he played 26 minutes back at the end of November in a game in New Orleans. 
That's about what everybody thought he'd get, right? That's what I kind of figured he would get, yeah. yeah. And he's one of those guys, too, that if he's, I mean, if he's going, if he's hitting shots, shots then you leave him out there. But if he's one for seven, then Mm -hmm. there's not really much he can give you. Is that just because he's such a liability on defense? Yeah, he's just, he's not going to give you a lot of defense. Well, he's 37 years old. Yeah, that's true. I think he's a great guy to have on a club. Yes. uh, And he'll, he'll... He'll take a little shot. And, uh, really good guy. Too. And and pretty soon, uh, I'm 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 sure the next time you find the Doogie Doobie Doogie podcast, Doobie Doobie Doogie podcast, they should call it the Doobie Doobie with Doogie. Uh, the Jamal Crawford will be one of the guests. Hey, yeah, I want a scoop, baby. <laughs> uh, Doogie Doogie Doogie, uh, easily the greatest uh, Christmas Carol that uh, Dave Harrigan has. Come oh, up that with. was their best one. And by the way, Pat, Florida Atlantic is in Conference USA. Really? Yeah, they won the conference. Well, what? Uh, cent- oh, that's right. Central Florida's in the Big East. And the uh, the American. American. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, oh, okay, gotcha. I was, I was thinking the same league with Central Florida and South Florida. Well, okay, it's pretty gotcha. hard to Excuse keep all me. these conferences together. Like everybody's is. changing yeah, conferences every other it year. It is. I don't even know who's in the Big Ten anymore. They screwed <laughs> me up on that one. All right, we'll be back. How's the weather look? The Ride with Royce. Traffic is in. Here's the forecast. Traffic and weather. weather. Together. And this one's sponsored by Aruba Tourism. We're going to run some travel times, but we're going to do it real quick, like those morons on iHeart radio stations. Ready? Here we go. Eastbound 494, 212 over to 35W, 45 minutes. Eastbound 62, 494 to 35W, 30 minutes. Inbound 394, seeing the usual constipation, 100 into 94, 20 minutes, GMB to 94. Be ready for a center lane blocker, northbound 100, 394. The commoner lane. Of outbound 394 from downtown to 494, upwards of 30 minutes. Eastbound Highway 36, planned for 15 minutes, 35W to White Bear Avenue. Southbound 35E, 94 down to 494. That's an 18 minute drive. Escape to sunny Aruba this winter. Starting December 23rd, Sun Country has new nonstop service from MSP. Visit suncountry.com today. Our five eyewitness news forecast increasing clouds 18 tonight, light snow developing 26 tomorrow. Talking purple right now on the ride with Royce. Rich Gannon, the quarterback, the league MVP. It's former Vikings quarterback and current CBS NFL analyst Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon is with us, CBS Sports, and uh, we're talking purple. Uh, Pro Bowl coming up here pretty soon. There's a lot of Viking candidates, sir. There's about eight or nine of them could make it. Yeah, you know, that just. And a lot of worthy ones, Pat, as you as you mentioned. And I just think that you know you have the type of season the Vikings are having. You certainly you're going to get the recognition, and you're playing in bigger games and more you know bigger audiences and those type of things. But I just think that you know Mike Zimmer deserves a lot of credit. I think Rick Spielman, in terms of how they put this team together, how they've blossomed and matured, and I just think that you know there's very few teams that could lose their starting quarterback and really not miss a beat. And I just think that that says a lot about the personnel, but it also says a lot about the coaching. I think Pat Shermer's done a terrific job, and Mike Zimmer, I mean, the coordinators. It's, it's, it's not by coincidence that the Vikings are having this kind of success. I think this has been a work in progress, even going through what they went through last year, you know, kind of having that collapse towards the end of the season. I just think that this is a much more mature team 
uh, that knows how to handle success. Well, he took a swing and a miss to fix the offensive line last year and uh, didn't work at all. Uh, they brought in Boone and Andre Smith. They took a swing this year, and they got Riley Reef to play left tackle. A lot of people wondered if that was uh, going to work. He's been really good. Uh, Remmers has been okay. They they picked up a guy or two. Uh, Rashad Hill has played okay when they've moved him around. I think uh, that's uh, they've you you didn't you weren't optimistic about the offensive line when the year started, but it's it's been worthy of optimism now. Yeah, it's, it's it's. I think it's how they've come together, the group, the five of them, and, and played well. And even actually, it's been more than that when you look at some of the uh, substitutions and the injuries that they've had. Um, but you know, I, I look at the group as a whole, and I think you know they're they're, they're better as a group than they are individually. Although Riley Reef, you know, I was I was concerned about that. You know, as a kid, who played mostly right tackle. He's come in, he's done a nice job. The other thing I think about the Vikings when they look at the offensive line, look when you make a mistake with personnel. So many teams try and try and you know they, they won't readily accept and move on. You know, the Patriots are great at it. they make a mistake, they cut the guy, they move on. <laughs> Some teams they just they can't do it. They'll say, okay, well he's not playing well at tackle. Let's see if we can't make him a guard. And sometimes you're just better off, you know, cutting bait, and moving on. And I think the Vikings, with, in terms of the offensive line, have, have done that and, and have been able to get that thing corrected rather quickly. Hey, uh, Rich, they have a tradition of centers going all the way back to Mick Tingelov here, who, uh, you know, didn't miss a game for 16 years and finally made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But they got another kid, Elfline. He could play the position for about 12 years, the way it looks. Yeah, he's done a nice job. I mean, you know, he does a nice job anchoring at the point. I think he's, you know, very good in the run. Um, the other thing about him is, you know, I think he's a good communicator. I think, you know, you look at that position, it's so important. All the lines of communication in terms of the run games, the checks, the pass game, the protections, the slides, the adjustments. Uh, he's done a nice job there. He's he just, uh, and it looks like he's a guy that can play there for a long time. And that, that, when you have a really good center, I mean, it, when you talk about building a football team, you always talk about being strong down the middle. Good center, a good quarterback, and a good running back. And, you know, I think that getting that that position addressed uh, is the, the way to the way to go. Uh, Seattle uh, to keep the now the Vikings have played uh, paid most of this defense already, uh, at least on their second contracts. But uh, the the, uh, the Seattle ended up spending all their money to keep their defense together. You wonder if uh, the Vikings. Uh, if they ever get a quarterback that they really have to pay, if uh, they're going to have a hard time keeping everything together like uh, Seattle uh, did. Well, I don't. The quarterback situation to me is going to be interesting. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, you know, with Bridgewater and obviously Keenum. Keenum's had a terrific year. It's good to see Teddy get a chance to play a little bit just to get on the field. I think it was great. The, the fans, the players. It was great to see Case Keenum cheering for him. He's a, he's a player that's well respected on that team and, and well liked. So I'm curious to see how that works out. But you're right. I mean, one of the challenges in today's NFL with the salary cap is making decisions on players. And you can't pay them all. And, you know, when you look at the, the, the salaries the way they are, I mean, you got to make some tough decisions sometimes. But, you know, I think that the goal is, is to, to, to draft the good players and then to, and then to keep them. You know, not, not develop them for four or five years and then turn them loose and let them go on to be pro bowlers for somebody else. Uh, yeah, well, they uh, poor Cincinnati. Oof, oof. Um, oh, Marvin, uh, 
You know, they 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 left it all in the field of a, about three weeks ago against uh, Pittsburgh and uh, limping to the finish. And you you pointed out that uh, Mike Brown doesn't like to pay assistant coaches staff, so you'll uh, probably uh, hire a low profile guy to replace Marvin. But uh, what well, Marvin is Marvin's basically admitted he's done. Yeah, I would think so. And look, I had heard a report uh, that possibility he winds up at ESPN. You know, there's someone said front office. I had heard something about ESPN. So I, you, you never know. These rumors start to fly around. Look, he had a good run. The oh. bottom line, they just they just couldn't get over the hump. You know, they they they, they won 50 games in five years. Uh, you know, and and one of the problems that he had is that he lost a lot of good coaches. I mean, you lose Mike Zimmer. You know, you lose Jay Gruden. These guys become head coaches. They've lost a number of good coordinators that have left the place. And I just think that eventually, you know, it, it has an impact on the team. Andy Dalton is a serviceable player, but in primetime games, he just simply doesn't show up. And, you know, that, that that's, that's hurt him as well. I mean, a couple more interceptions from Dalton again on Sunday. I mean, just he's uh, – He's a, he's a capable player, but he's never going to be a perennial Pro Bowl player at that position. Rich, uh, when you see a team pack it in uh, at the end of a long uh, NFL season, particularly ones that had at least mild expectations, it just reinforces how uh, how hard it is to play this game on a weekly basis. And sometimes you get to you know the middle of November and you're going nowhere, and it seems like teams just say, "Ah, to heck with it." You know, it's amazing. You think about 53 men in a locker room, and you could just take a couple out. Say we just replace five of them, bring five different players in the following year. The personality, the dynamics, the makeup, the chemistry of the team can change significantly. I've seen it over the years. And it's unfortunate that you see teams, like the Dolphins are a great example. Two weeks ago, the Dolphins embarrassed, embarrassed the Patriots. They really got after them. I mean, on both sides of the ball. And then you watch them last week. I just watched them against Buffalo. And they're awful. <laughs> throw three interceptions. It's like it's a you know which team is going to show up. And so, you know, there's so much. There's a lot of mediocrity in our game right now. I mean, there's 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 some teams like the Vikings and the Patriots, the Steelers, and you know the Rams and different teams like that. But then you have so many teams at 500 or, or even worse. And one week they look good, the next week they look terrible. So it's just so much inconsistency right now. I think part of it has to do with, with obviously coaching. Some of it's the quarterback position, but some of it's I just think. A lack of leadership in locker rooms, and I just uh, there's certain teams that just like the New York Jets is a great example. Like you'd say, like Muhammad Wilkerson, he's making he's one of the highest he's the highest paid guy in the team, and he didn't even play last week as a coach's decision because he was late for work for like the third or fourth time this season. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know that, that type of stuff it just drives you crazy. Well, uh, you know, an interesting case, uh, Rich, is uh, Seattle, too. I mean, do they uh, they have to uh, relook at things here? Uh, they, they had a little burst going a, a month ago, but they never, you know, they never looked like a powerhouse, and now they get uh, some big injuries on the defense, and the, the Rams go in there and name the score, and uh, they got, they got to look around now and say, uh, okay, what are we going to do? They're going to get in the same situation with Russell as the Packers have with Aaron Rodgers. They got to surround him with something here. Well, they had so many, you're right, they have so many, you know, high-profile players on the defensive side of the ball, and a lot of them aren't playing right now. You know, not having Sherman, Wagner was hurt again on Sunday. They're so banged up at the, in the secondary and other key positions along that defensive line, and so you know, that that's – and, again, the offensive line is not that good. You and I have been talking about this all season. I mean, the, Russell Wilson has to run for his life each week and, and try and find ways to make plays. I, I think 
there's, there's enough of a nucleus there. I think Pete Carroll does a terrific job with the culture and, and what they've what they've tried to build out there. I just think they've got to reload. At times, you know, you take a step back and you've got to address the roster and make some tough decisions and continue to add. And I think they've got a great general manager, a, a guy who actually went to college here in Minnesota at St. Thomas, Scott Schneider. He does yeah, a great right. job. And I think that uh, they'll eventually get it fixed. Uh, so I, I can never uh, get over this, uh, Rich, that – a running back can stick the football over the pile and touch the line and have somebody swat it away from him, and it's a touchdown. And a, why, when a receiver runs into the end zone in possession of the ball and crosses that line, doesn't it work the same way? I can't. I can see. Okay, if they're going down to the ground in the end zone, they have to retain the ball. But if you if you have possession and you touch that line, why is it not a touchdown? Yeah, that's one of the rules that <laughs> gets a lot of people. Look, the, the, the running back when he's running with the football, we know he has possession. Yes. In the situation yeah. of what happened against uh, the Patriots on on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, you know, the receiver if he caught the balls, he was going to the ground, and that's the that's the key. Is he's going to the ground, has to maintain possession. So as he's going to the ground, he's got possession. As he hits the ground, the ball the ball moves a little bit. It slacks a little bit, and the ruling was that he didn't maintain possession through the ground. I know that. And, uh, yeah, I know you know but that. But it offends the hell out of me. <laughs> I know it, and a lot of people at home say it's a touchdown. Yes. Well, you know, you look at it, you look at it quickly when you slow the cameras down. We had the benefit of. Then all of a sudden, you say, "Well, the ball did move," and so that was a tough one. It's unfortunate. What's even more unfortunate is what transpired shortly thereafter. Oh, oh man, yeah, that was the the interception, and uh, Derek Carr might have made one of the five dumbest plays in the history of football too. The uh, the street, the reach out with the wrong oh. hand from the far yard line, four yard line, when he would have had a first down on the two. Yeah, you know, it's 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 tough to criticizing the kids trying to make a play they've had a, an up and down season you know there's, there's, there's playoff hopes are on the line and he's just trying to make a play at the end of the game he, he extends the ball he doesn't think he's going to get hit he gets hit and the ball comes out and then it's a touchback I mean I mean we've seen that for whatever reason yes. we've seen that a lot the last couple of years I mean it just seems like every couple of weeks we see one of them in the NFL hey I read uh, I read I guess today or yesterday uh, that Belichick will not allow that will not allow, you know, if it's fourth down, okay, you're going to turn the ball over. But he will not allow his players to reach for the pylon. Yeah, I saw that. It came out of uh, Mike Lombardi, who was a former uh, assistant, uh, personnel assistant there with the Patriots the last couple of years, a guy that I know very well. And, and that just gets to the, the type of coaching, the, the type, the attention to detail that, it, that they get to with their coaching. And I think it makes some sense. that you will be careful when you extend the ball. Uh, because so many bad things can happen. You see, how many times have we seen a uh, running back jump over a pile down inside the two-yard line, extend the ball, and he gets hit, and it comes out, and it's a fumble. So, um, look, if Coach Belichick says not to do it, it's probably a reason for it. <laughs> that is uh, probably right. That That is true. Boy, the uh, you know, uh, the, the Eagles uh, losing Wentz, uh, Foles did okay, but their defense has been terrible the last couple of weeks. What's, what's going on with their defense? Yeah, they haven't played as well. I think Jim Schwartz does a terrific job. But, you know, look, I think that um, 
I, I still think that's one of the better defenses in football. When, the, the, when they're playing complementary football, they're going to be tough to beat. But if they have a, a situation where they struggle in one area, they're very beatable. The good thing is is that, obviously, they, they lose Wentz. Nick Foles came in yeah. and really played well. And I think, you know, we talk about not a lot of teams have great depth at that position. Remember, Foles went to, you know, Nick Foles went to a Pro Bowl a couple of years ago when he was a starter in Philadelphia. And so he's a capable player. He's not he's not Carson Wentz. But I think that uh, the fans in Philadelphia are, are, are breathing a sigh of relief because he came in and really took care of the football and made some great decisions. I think he threw for three touchdowns. Like yeah, he was time. good. Hey, uh, Rich, thank you. Have a good Christmas, sir. You too, pal. All right. Uh, Rich Gannon, he's our guest on Tuesdays, Talking Purple. Enjoy having him, and we shall return. The Ride with Royce. Come on, join me in this fight against crap. <laughs> join me in the fight against crap. <laughs> That's right. On 1500 ESPN. John Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Panera Bread. Get a Panera Bread gift card this holiday season. For every $50 in gift cards purchased, you'll get a $10 bonus card. For more details, visit your local bakery cafe. Vikings will not be facing Aaron Rodgers this Saturday. He was placed on IR by the Packers today. Done for the season. Brett Hundley will start <laughs> at Lambeau Field. Your team might finally get a good draft choice here, uh, Johnny. Well, yeah, but they could still only go 7-9. and nine. Yeah, but they'll be giving 12th, right? That'll have 12, well, maybe, yeah, 12. middle of the pack, yeah. Ted will think of something being the genius he is. Do you know what John and I discovered earlier today, Pat? And I don't know if you knew this or not. Do you know that there's not one, but... Two late afternoon slash uh, yeah. night games on Christmas Day. Really? Yeah, two NFL hey, games. Hey, uh, kids, put the presents down. Daddy's going to go to the football game. They're competing with the five uh, NBA games. That used Christmas Day used to belong to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I still love that was the greatest story you've ever told. Yep. Viking Packer game. Christmas Eve. Oh, God. Here's your Christmas morning column from the cherub. Oh. The cherubic uh, columnist Patrick Ricey oh. about a dad laying on the floor outside the Viking room being handcuffed and his kids weeping. Oh, <laughs> and people were yeah. mad at oh, you. Oh God, I got yeah. emails saying, "I hate you. You ruined my Christmas." <laughs> Wild. Oh, Wilder on the road tonight in Canada to face Ottawa. And by the way, I, I was in attendance as a fan for that game. Oh, you were right. Fest. It was the most. That, that was the most intoxicated crowd I have ever seen at the Metrodome. I showed up late. I didn't get there till like a quarter to two. Usually, I okay. get there earlier, and I had to wade through them, man. Oh. Only got puked on three, four times. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sea of debauchery. Mm-hmm. Jerry Kill's tenure as offensive coordinator at Rutgers lasted only one season. Former Gopher. Why did he ever go back? I don't know. See if he could do it, probably. Former Gopher coach announcing today he won't return in 2018 because of health reasons. Kill, who suffers from epilepsy, stepped down as the Gophers head coach during the 2015 season to focus on his health. Rutgers released on Kill's decision, called it. Rutgers won three Big Ten games, mm-hmm. which is more than Jerry Kill's old team won, right? Yeah. That's if did I'm he, not uh, mistaken. Did he have more episodes down there? Hey, yeah, I don't know. I, what think, they he, call I think he had one, one during the season. They tried to blame it on something else. That did, did he taken a fall and that triggered it? Well, oh. you got to admire his love and his passion and his oh, drive. Sure. You can't put it down. But, but you got to put your run, health first. He got run over on the sideline, right? And that's why he got. 
banged his head, and then he had a seizure. Oh, is that what it was? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Minnesota United will open its 2018 regular season on the road March 3rd with a match against San Jose before they come back here to play the Chicago Fire on March 17th, St. Patty's Day. It is unfortunate that the uh, new stadium is not open mm-hmm. in St. Paul because St. Patty's Day in St. Paul oh, would be God. the time to open it, oh, right? God. Speaking mm-hmm. of drunkenness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this will be their second year, of course, in TCF Bank Stadium. And then in 2019, they'll move to the under-construction Alliance Field in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. ESPN has announced Grammy uh, Grammy winning critically acclaimed rapper Kendrick Lamar will perform an offsite show during intermission of the college football playoff title game. They will broadcast that concert live on the network during halftime. It'll be the first ever college football playoff national championship halftime performance. Not at where is the uh, national championship? This Atlanta. Year? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes. Atlanta. Uh, Timberwolves beat Portland last night. Portland guard uh, Damian Lillard, uh, well, he confirmed today that he had some anti-gay slurs shouted at him by two Timberwolves fans as he walked the team bus. He said, I didn't bother anybody. They were straight disrespectful. Cell phone video showed an irritated but in control uh, Lillard asking the hecklers which one he all said that. Woman pointed out one of the hecklers and that person then apologized. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so he was a big... Good. Of course, he was... T- the, the heckler I found out today, too, was uh, tweeting at Damian Lillard, talking some crap to him. No, certainly. Uh, it was actually last night when he was tweeting at him, so, but, yeah. Uh, Timberwolves spokesman sent an email that uh, the team would not be commenting. Uh, and one weird baseball injury this year, offseason, Martin Perez, the lefty for Texas. Yeah. Uh, he's hurt because he fractured his non-pitching elbow. Uh, apparently, he has a ranch. Uh, at his home in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bowl. Is it a crescent ranch? Oh, a <laughs> or a half-inch ranch? Mm-hmm. Or a 12-millimeter ranch? A bull <laughs> knocked him over at his ranch. Wow, he's lucky all he got was a finger injury. Yeah, well, not finger, elbow. Elbow. Wrecked, okay. his, uh, wrecked his right elbow, so he's going to okay. miss Dang, you killed him. But <laughs> it's not his pitching arm. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, buck up here, fella. <laughs> Let's go. A well, ranch. Probably going to miss four months. <laughs> hey, pass actually. me that ranch over there. <laughs> a ranch. <laughs> you know what? Olson? It's next to the crick. This, this, <laughs> this, this nut ain't coming off. I need a bigger ranch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny. You don't have to put up with this Thank anymore. You. <laughs> Thank you. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. Sports writer for hire. Says I'm not cheap, but I'm good. Right. <laughs> on 1500 ESPN. The ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69. Offense. He's giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Uh, you know how in college, uh, when people are defending college coaches, the one thing they say is it's not like the pros. You can't make any trades, right? Sure. Can't make trades. I think Don Lucia made a trade. Did you, uh, this release came out yesterday. Oh, I saw they the, had a tr- uh, yeah. go for a hockey team. Uh, the uh, coming next semester, defenseman Clayton Phillips will join the 2017-18 roster, while defenseman Nate Kanepka has decided to return to the United States Hockey League for the second semester. How often does that happen? I don't know. 
Adding Clayton to our roster bolsters our, bolsters our depth on the blue line. He's a dynamic player, and we are decided excited to welcome him to the Gopher Hockey Program. At the same time, Nate expressed a desire for more playing time, which we certainly understand. He'll have that opportunity with Sioux City, and the plan is for him to return to our program in the future. We made a trade. Wow. We made a USA. All we right. brought in a Phillips had spent parts of the last three seasons in the uh, USHL with uh, Muskegon and Fargo. Uh, the two thousand the de- defenseman was named to the two thousand seventeen USHL All Rookie Team with Fargo last year. Uh, he played at Edina. He was on the uh, U.S. Junior Select Team uh, that won the silver medal in the two thousand seventeen World Junior A Challenge. And then we went out and got him to come in I, the, the semester. I, have a I don't que- know where he was playing. I have I a question about this, and I'm not trying to accuse the Don no. or the Gophers of shenanigans in any way, but I, doesn't a player have to be at school and enrolled before they can before I they can participate in athletics? I don't know how that. I guess you can enroll for the semester. For semester. But what it would be is if he would be a guy who stuck around. For four, you know, he'd have to miss a semester yeah. somewhere along the line. I've never seen that before. Uh, you don't see it too often. Uh, but we made a trade. Yeah. Hey, we got a punch. We, we've been in a slump lately, our uh, gopher. This is what team. we need. We need a good This trade. is going to be Shannon Stewart, part two, mm-hmm. to revive the club. <laughs> Justin Gatlin, uh, the sprinter, the U.S. American uh, sprinter, made a big, big mistake when he beat Usain Bolt in Usain Bolt's last ever race. Uh, we had to figure out how that happened. How a 35-year-old <laughs> who had previously been popped for uh, uh, steroids or PEDs or whatever, uh, how did he do this? Well, the uh, London Telegraph went to work. Uh, they sent out a team of reporters uh, they went to uh, members of his. They went to the training camp of in Florida where Gatlin uh, trains with a uh, Dennis Mitchell. Remember him? He was a sprinter. Yeah. And uh, he has an agent named Robert Wagner. Uh, and apparently, uh, they they brought an athletic looking guy with them that was going to. Uh, they wanted to know how to make him faster. Mm-hmm. And these guys, uh, according to the report of these reporters, and they taped everything, Mitchell and Wagner admitted in a recording that drug use was still widespread in athletics, and they knew ways to avoid failed tests. And Wagner said that uh, Gat- Gatlin had been using um, a PEDs. So uh, we got uh, we we got the world drugging uh, operation looking at him. Uh, Gatlin has denied any wrongdoing and has fired his coach offering up clean drug tests from the past five years as evidence. He should have never beat Usain. No, that's going to lead people to... let him win that last one. That's like Mussy. should have never beat the hell out of Ohio State that day. <laughs> should have just taken that loss. We shouldn't have went out there and beat the hell out of him. Because uh, then we got suspended or got put well, on probation. Then we got the NCAA yeah. came and looked at us eventually there. they, they we, we got in their sights. You, you, you know? That's why you don't see any coaches... Uh, claiming innocence on the part of Louisville and everybody else caught up in this uh, latest uh, in the FBI scandal. Mm-hmm. They ain't messing with the FBI. They ain't going to say, no, this is not true. We don't do this stuff. The next thing you know, they'll be looking at you. Mm-hmm. So uh, nobody's saying anything. 
The New York Islanders are to move back to the island. Uh, they're going to leave Brooklyn and uh, going to get a new arena out next to Belmont Park. Uh, the hockey arena, apparently Barclays Center, is terrible for hockey. I can't see what's going on at only. Well, they were showing pictures 15, of certain 000. seats. You couldn't yeah. see the rink. You couldn't see yeah. anything. It doesn't work. Uh, the Islanders will be, uh, be able to begin the project at 18,000-seat arena that would uh, have a hotel, a retail village. Uh, so anyway, the Islanders are finally going to get uh, get a stadium out there. Belmont Park, which opened in 1905, runs its thoroughbred meets from uh, April through July and then uh, September and October. But you'll have that big old parking lot there, and maybe they'll spruce up Belmont a little bit, too, while they're at it. Cole Hammer, Hamels uh, married, a, this, uh, married a, a Missouri girl and uh, named Heidi. And uh, once they got wealthy... Uh, a few years ago, they bought 100 acres of land in southwest Missouri, Missouri and build a their dream home, the home that they were going to live in forever. And they, it was on the market for nine, and they never moved in because then he got, uh, then he they got he got traded to Texas, and they bought a home in Texas, and they liked Texas, so they never moved into this home, this 9.4 million dollar. Mansion. Now, that's not what they paid for it, I don't think. It's, it's it, what it cost to build it, but that's what it was on the market for. Well, Hamels, Hamels and his wife, Heidi, have donated the mansion and 100 acres of land to Camp Barnabas. Uh, and that's a, uh, a youth. Uh, it's a provide camps for children with special needs and chronic illnesses. Uh, they're, uh, they're giving the property and the camp to them. Uh, and, uh, the mansion and the land are near Table Rock Lake, uh, in that, uh, you know, the Southern part of Missouri, which is supposed to be gorgeous and beautiful. So, uh, that's a pretty good, uh, Absolutely. that's a pretty good Christmas Although, move. The only thing that bums me out about this particular story, Patrick, is that you didn't bring it up in front of the traffic guy. He doesn't like the donation to charity stories. And he, he doesn't. Well, well case in point, yesterday the Salvation Army donation oh, of the guy yeah. that oh, gave yeah, the two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah. I want to know if the check bounce. That's what I want to know. <laughs> hey, last week NFL uh, season, uh, last week's NFL season, there were two games that were pushes. Right, the point spreads. All right. uh, Los Angeles and Seattle, and the Chargers and the Chiefs were both pick 'em. Okay. Okay. Right. The other 14 games, the favorites won all 14. Wow. 14 and 0. Mm. So a very rare occurrence in the NFL. The Rams-Seahawks game was a pick em last week? Yes. Wow. Rams-Seattle. I know, guess. Last yeah. chance for Seattle. Yeah. And uh, there were two pick and the other 14, the favorites won. Now, they didn't all cover, but the 14 favorites won. That's very unusual in the National Football League. We'll be back and see if you fellas have a daily complaint. Now, on the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. What do you got, Manny? My daily complaint is uh, Jerry Kill having to uh, step away from uh, coaching yeah. and retiring uh, because of the health issues. And, you know, it's probably tough for him because it's certainly, coaching is certainly something that we all know he loved doing. And uh, it's just uh, it's, uh, just unfortunate that he has to step away from that. So uh, Yes, and hey, Rutgers won three games. Yeah, is that more than our guy? What did we uh, win? We only won two. Rutgers two, won three in the Big Ten. Two of the three wins for Rutgers were against teams that uh, the Gophers lost to in Big Ten play, uh, Purdue and, and uh, Maryland. Maryland. Right, yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
What do you got there, Reavers? Uh, earlier today, Patrick, in the 3 o'clock hour, you uh, unveiled some figures from the Super Bowl host committee and uh, yes. what they were being appointed as far as compensation and bonuses what, what that exceeded yeah, yeah, right. $400,000, $500,000. And yet, that's still not stopping us from begging people to work this game for free. Mm-hmm. The, I love football, and I still kind of like the NFL but the hypocrisy that runs deep in that league just continues to amaze me on a uh, daily basis. That is, uh, that's, uh, you know what? That was my daily complaint. But, You're kidding uh, me. That's okay. That's okay. Well, give the, do you have the figures in front of you? Because they're astounding. Because uh, I know well, some people yeah. haven't heard it. The, uh, uh, Maureen Bosch is the CEO of the host committee. And uh, they uh, that's all done with uh, public fundraising. Uh, she's uh, so far made uh, her salary's uh, three hundred thirty-five thousand four twenty-four. She's got one hundred twenty-three thousand in bonuses. Her total is four hundred sixty-eight thousand eight ninety-one. But she's probably got more bonuses on the way. Oh, absolutely! And a guy named Hasselman, Dave Hasselman, he's the chief operating officer. He so far has made three hundred thirty-eight thousand four hundred eighty-seven dollars. Uh, but hey, let's be big hosts as we give free rooms. Especially, we got to be really nice to Roger Goodell and give him a lot of free stuff because he's only making $40 million. This guy's barely His surviving. Contract's only $40 million. And after taxes, he's only making $25 million. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's be nice to him here. The Bold North, that's what we are. We're the Bold North. We are the Bold North. And what are the, uh, what are the Timberwolves? The True North, right? Or the All one? Eyes North. All, All Eyes North, North yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. All right, gentlemen.